at our end of year uh, celebrations here in Holy Family, the, the community decided to put on a little theatre sketch, uh, imitating or recounting a few of the different things that happened throughout the year. And one of them involved them imitating Father Tadeo and myself and some of our little um, habits or some of our little mannerisms and all of that kind of thing, which has made me very, very self-conscious of a few things. I didn't realise I, I, I bounce on my toes. <laughs> Every now and again, I, 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 Owen, the guy who was imitating me, he came out with a very, very serious face. I probably do have a serious face for much of the Mass. And then he just, no, I, I, just, I got my hands out and bounce on my toes. <laughs> and how I stroked the ribbons here on the lectionary before, at the beginning of each, of each uh, homily. I kind of, well, I don't know, I, I rearranged the ribbons. Uh, so anyway, point out a few things similarly for, for Father Tadeo. One of our other staff members as well uh, tends to use the, the expression a lot, uh, not being smart. Not being smart now, not being smart, but... So the person imitating her uh, repeated that expression a couple of times and she said, I don't say that. I don't say that at all. Not being smart, like, I don't... Oh, my goodness, I do. <laughs> and she's been so conscious of that now for the last couple of days because she does say it quite a lot. Uh, and she's just kind of hyper, hyper aware of that now. But as an expression, uh, a wonderful expression in English, uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. When someone imitates you, it's actually a, kind of a good thing in a way. It means, well, hopefully it means you're consistent in some way in your, in your behaviour. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a compliment in a way, you know. So I, I took it as a compliment, I don't know. I mean, it's not offensive to point out the fact that I bounce on my toes. Um, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And I, it got me thinking today about uh, our Blessed Lady and her relationship with Jesus, her exemplary behaviour, not just for, for us as individuals, but for the church as a whole. See, Our, our Lady, like as any of the saints, it, it, maybe I'm not sure if... if, if uh, when I talk about saints, when I talk about the saints, I never give a history lesson because I, I, if you want a history lesson, look it up, <laughs> look it up online. You'll get all the all the information you want uh, on the saint. For me, it's not it's not about the history lesson. It's not, it's not about knowing information details about the saint. It's about imitating them. Otherwise, we've kind of missed the point. Uh, if if we know, I mean, you could know uh, a saint's encyclopedia from cover to cover. Wonderful, good for you. Um, if you know one saint and live it, that's, that, that's going to be far more beneficial to your soul. So it's not about how much we know, it's about what we do. It's not about how much we know about Our Lady, it's about how much we imitate her. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. If we really want to, to follow, if we really want to, to praise Our Lady, if we really want to, to give her the honour that she deserves here on earth and in heaven, well then let's imitate her. Let's do what she does. Let's do what she does. The world famous uh, and one of the most influential spiritual books, apart from second only to the Bible, is probably The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. And there was a, a book called The Imitation of Mary, written based on his writings. As far as I can tell, he didn't actually write the book himself, but all the thoughts in it are his, but they were compiled by someone else. Uh, but he has, he has beautiful thoughts on Our Lady uh, and on her on how, how we can and should imitate her. I came across another quotation then from a, uh, an author, um, Alexander de Rouville, Alexander de Rouville, about imitation, imitating Our Lady. And he says, Heaven rejoices and earth is amazed when I say, Hail Mary. 
Satan flees. Hell trembles when I say, Hail Mary. The world becomes contemptible and the flesh foul when I say, Hail Mary. Sadness disappears and joy returns when I say, Hail Mary. Tepidity vanishes and the heart is inflamed with love when I say, Hail Mary. Devotion grows. Compunction is born. Hope intensifies and consolation is increased when I say, Hail Mary. The soul is renewed and the inclination to good is strengthened when I say, Hail Mary. That's Alexander de Rouville. Just what a, what a beautiful way of imagining, what a beautiful way of seeing, more than imagining, a beautiful way of seeing the power of this prayer in that it renews our joy, makes the world somewhat contemptible to us. It, it uh, reinvigorates our, our, our tepidity and, and turns it into to zeal, gives us compunction, helps us to fight our battles, just at, at, at calling Our Lady's name, Hail Mary, which means rejoice so highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Hail, rejoice, our Blessed Lady, because you are filled with Jesus. And isn't this what you and I should be aiming for to be filled with Jesus so to be empty of ourselves therefore filled with him or capable of being filled with him that I can carry him then to those I meet uh, just just yesterday uh, at an amazing youth retreat in Tlongo's Wood uh, it's called Camp Veritas they are an amazing bunch of lay people who are running uh, a camp for 12 to 18 year olds I mean it's a, a demographic that no one wants to go near really because it's, it's complicated it's com- an overnight retreat for 12 to 18 year olds like you know it's it just from a safeguarding perspective it's very very complicated uh, and yet the love of Christ urges them on you know they, they, want, they want to do this they want to provide this retreat for these young people and they are dead right that's a demographic that, that has to be catered for otherwise between confirmation and when they can start going to you, 2,000 retreats at 16, 17, it's, it's too big a difference. It's too big a, a gap. You're losing them for five years before you can try and win them back. That's a disastrous approach. But so anyway, they provide this retreat, and honestly, well done to them. Fantastic. Well done. So they have mass confession, um, prayer, talks, loads of sport and games and fun and all that. And lo- so many, many sleepless nights for all of the leaders involved as they patrol and, and, and control everything uh, as they have to with, with that age group. But what a wonderful retreat. And every evening, every evening, there are confessions available. Every evening. So a number of priests are able to stay for the course of the, the, the retreat and others just come in the evenings then. So I was, I was there myself yesterday. And, and on occasion, like so often, uh, you hear, Bless you, Father, for I have sinned. It's two days since my last confession. Three days. One day. It was yesterday. Actually, it's half an hour. And, and then, you know, obviously, it, it, kind of, it doesn't make me smile. Like, it's okay, well, what could you possibly have done in a day? But then they say, Father, well, I haven't, hadn't been to confession for so long before that. And all sorts of things are after coming back to me since. Things I haven't said or things I didn't know were sins, but I was talking to someone today and they were talking about, you know, the internet and things that we shouldn't be watching. And I guess I didn't realize that it was, yeah, a bit of a problem for me. Things I didn't, things I shouldn't be watching and... I just want to bring that to the Lord as well. And so that they're discovering, like, they're discovering how to walk with the Lord. And their, their superficial confession that they're used to giving since 
first, the second class, or before their, their, their first Holy Communion, that kind of superficial confession, which I get, they're only kids when they're learning how to go to confession. But the problem is that superficial confession tends to kind of stick with us often into adulthood. So the, I was late for Mass, I disobeyed my parents, I kicked my sister, I'm still confessing that at 75. Do you know what I mean? Like, and our confession never grows up with us. So now these kids are they're having this experience of, of, of learning to go deeper, learning not just to give the shopping list in confession, but to actually really confess, what is separating my heart from the Lord's? What is stopping me from being entirely his? What is stopping me like from, from praying with Our Lady? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. What, what sins have, have gotten in the way? Where am I not listening to Our Lady's words when she says to us, do whatever he tells you? Where, 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 where are the occasions in my life where Our Lady is saying, do whatever he tells you? And I said, thank you very much. No, <laughs> I'd rather do that. I know he probably wants me to do this. Uh-huh. I'm not looking that direction because it makes me feel guilty. I'm going to keep looking this direction because it makes me feel better. And I just want to ignore his plan, his, in his, his words in my heart. I want to ignore what the church teaches. I want to ignore all these things. I want to deafen all of those heavenly voices trying to urge me, dare I say, yank me, haul me towards heaven. Nope, I want to go this way because this is more fun or this is easier or this is more comfortable or more familiar. Do I want to imitate Our Lady? Do I? Do I want to, to renounce those parts of my heart that, that draw me away from him? Do I want to imitate her humility, her silence, her prayer, her faith, her purity? Do I want to imitate her? Because imitation is the highest form of flattery. Our Lady doesn't, Our Lady, she doesn't need us to honour her. It doesn't make her day better, if you will. But she does deserve it. She does deserve it. And in heaven, those who, who live in the truth of who God is and how God is, they honor her. So they who see the, as I say, the, the, the truth and the beauty of God and they see the truth and the beauty of Our Lady, they honor her. Well, they're right. They see things as they truly are. We see things, we see reality kind of through our, our fallen human nature and through our, 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 our tiredness and through our emotions and through our hurts and our memories and all of these things that we're carrying with us. And we see a veiled version of reality. We don't see Jesus as he truly is uh, at, at Mass. We see a veiled version through, through the veil, hidden, if you will, in the Holy Eucharist. In heaven, we see these things as they truly are. So the angels and saints in heaven see that and they honour Our Lady. Well, they know what they're doing. So should we. We should honour her, but not just. We should imitate her. So we ask our Blessed Lady today, in our providential psalm today, which was taken from the Magnificat, that we too, might unite our lives with hers and sing her canticle of praise. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour because he has looked on his servant in her nothingness. Henceforth all ages will call me blessed for the Almighty has done marvels for me and holy is his name. <laughs>